Hi, I'm Brittany Pacheco. And I'm Franklin Cooper. And we are the Watchers in the Basement coming to you from a very cold Texas. It's cold here, y'all. Like, we're not used to this. I mean, Frank, I know you're from further up north in Texas than I am, but like, this is this is a different level of cold. <laughs> you didn't okay yeah, up man. there? I, I feel like the world is ending. This is like the second <laughs> time it's been this cold in, this, in three years, and I don't feel I don't feel good about about. I think White Walkers are coming. I think I, what it is. Listen, Canada, come get your weather. It's drunk down here. All right, Please. we're not built for this. <laughs> Please take this shit back with y'all. My goodness, you know we're we're built for heat. We can handle the heat, even it's you know three to three digits heat. We're good. This the the twenty five feeling like two. No. Absolutely not. Mm -mm. No. So no. Uh, up north, I'm going to need y'all to come get your, your weather and take it back. We good. <laughs> anyway, but today Frank and I are here to discuss the sixth episode from the season two of AMC Plus Gangs of London. I literally just finished watching this episode. My God, Frank. My God. That's all I'm saying. It's crazy because like George, he... He, he was pretty much saying he was done with the show like a month ago. You, you know, he sent me that link, that, that UK link. And I was like, what are we talking about? So I watched that show. I watched that episode three weeks ago. And I'm not done with it. I just know where my, it's concrete where my allegiance lie now. Oh, 100% after this episode. Yeah, we are, um, we're on the same team. We'll reveal that at the end of this review. But where we last less left off with, Gangs of London, we saw that Sean and Koba formed an alliance because they were able to get the information about the investors that was on that little USB drive that was given to Elliot's dad to give to Singer. They were murked in the airport. Still have no idea how that could have happened because it's an airport. It's also the UK. It's illegal to have handguns there. But this is also Gangs of London, so whatever goes. But yeah, so Elliot's dad is gone devastating blow for Elliot, of course. He thinks it's the investors. He goes and kills the mouthpiece of the investors. And you just know that all hell is going to eventually break loose. But starting off with this episode, I, I told you off screen, like, I didn't like how this episode started because it dealt with a dog. You and I are both dog owners. It's like, no, let's not see another dog get killed like we did with with Luan's little pup. Like, I, I can't, I physically cannot handle seeing that on screen again. Like, I know, right? I mean, did you have any idea what direction this opening scene was going to to go to? Like, at all? No, I didn't. Um, I, I assume somebody got eight. <laughs> or, uh, I, I assume a dog, like, got somebody got chopped up in little pieces and and whoever owned that dog was, was being fed that those pieces to that dog. Oh. But, I mean, it, I didn't, that... It was a great job by a director because they left everything open, right? Like you knew mm -hmm. someone was going to die, but you, you didn't know who, you didn't know how. But like it was like that Quentin Tarantino showing it in, but in the beginning, and yeah, having it, having it at the edge of my seat the whole time. For sure, because you're seeing this dog look up like all different areas of I don't know if it's like a a flat or if it's a hotel or whatever the case maybe, but he's licking up blood on different surfaces and he's going to an elevator and you hear the, the elevator ping and it's like, okay, well, who's, who's coming through? And I was just like, no, 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 no. I can't handle seeing a dog being killed. Thankfully, 
that's not the case. We'll get to that <laughs> towards the end of this episode. But uh, as I mentioned that Elliot killed the mouthpiece of the investors and man, that little girl finding her mother dead in the stables had to have been so blood curling, just horrible. I mean, that scream that she gave, I was like, cause I, I wasn't sure whether or not he severely injured the mouthpiece or he killed her. Yeah. We got our answer. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. But he's in a completely different state of mind. But we do see news coverage that private bankers across the world who seem to not have any ties to one another, I put air quotes to that, are being killed off. Frank, it's easy to say that these are the investors that Koba and Sean have information on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you saw the episode before, um, Sean showcases that USB drive to Kobo with all the investors' names, addresses, locations, all of that. And it's it also shows me how how calculated the investors were because these they they're all in different countries, you know, relation to each other. So this is a very smart, cunning operation to where if something falls, there's nothing connected to the to these six or seven, you know, executive bankers or executive who, who, who whatever. So yeah. um, when you see the news and you see people in like in Tanzania and Kuwait and, you know, London, it's like, oh shit, they, they located these cats. This, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I thought the investors were going to be around for like the duration of this series. So to see like the, to see them get X'd out so quickly, um, it kind of starts a whole new show now of like, you like relaying the power structure of who's going to take over London now. For sure, because we're, we're definitely seeing that with Sean and Koba, you know, in their minds, they think they run London, right? And that's putting their quote unquote predecessors in in feeling some type of way. For, for example, Asif, Asif who works, you know, for the investors, right? And he's been responsible for trying to get all the money back that Finn, you know, took all, all that time ago, thus hiring Koba. But then Koba, you know, flipped the script on, on Asif. He joined an alliance with Sean and now they're like, yeah, it's not in anyone's real interest to work for the investors. So we have a better offer for you, Asif. That conversation in the car with Asif, because he's all, he's asking Koba, like, why is Sean Wallace still alive? He's behind all this. And then you enter Sean <laughs> into, into the vehicle. Like, what did you think of that whole conversation? Uh, I mean, in theory, Asif wasn't wrong. I mean, in, in his mind is that you took out Sean in season one because Sean was being too reckless and you didn't know what Sean's motivations were and and he had he had he had cut out the supply to the to to the drug trade and he, he was just too unpredictable. So I get why Asif um wanted him wanted him out of the picture twice. So for him to sh for him to show up, I'm I'm sure Asif was like, fuck, I saw a ghost, like now he's here and Oh, it's like so many things going through Asif's mind. Like, damn, Kobe, you betrayed me. Damn, Kobe, this motherfucker ain't this motherfucker ain't dead yet. What the yeah. fuck? Like, what's what's gonna happen now? So, um, mm -hmm. it was it was a very very great scene. Like the guy who plays Asif, man, I think his name I think his name is Asif in real life, but he, it is. he does he did such a great job. Like his facial expression just like changed the, the dynamic of that scene because Asif is a powerful entity in the show, right? Like he mm -hmm. has he has trade routes, he has boat routes, he has so many people working under him. He's killed so many people and took over their turf. 
So I see him actually like scared <laughs> of this little five foot nothing white man coming into his car. But it was just great acting. It looks like I, I a Tolkien. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was great. It's like just put your hands up to your face and go ah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, seriously. No, I I agree. For Asif to basically be basically be visited by the ghost of Christmas past and and realize that this this you know little white man right here is supposedly calling the shots. And and when Sean offers like a deal to Asif about, you know, we're taking back London, but we want to give you a, a piece of this, right? We want you to uh, give up your infrastructure and you have, uh, basically you, you have full reign of product coming in and out of London, right? And in, in exchange of that, again, Sean and Coba want the infrastructure. And, and this is all just to take down the investors, of course. And, and Asif's just like, mm, no, not going to agree to this. Like, just typical, right? You know, he, we, we, don't, we don't negotiate with terrorists, right? And, and when Sean basically says, okay, you have until tonight to decide, he exits the car. But Coba is left with, with Asif, who adds a sweetener, okay? And at any, at that point, Frank, did you have any idea what what that sweetener could have been? I knew exactly what, what it was when he said that. You did? Yeah, I do. You're because because he, he didn't forget what happened last season to his son. So I was like, I knew I knew exactly what it was. Now, how it went about, I didn't see that coming. But I knew who it was. Yeah. The AKA sweetener, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the sweetener. Well, if the next scene isn't very telling of what that sweetener was, it deals with Lale, of course. And Lale and her people are... I don't know if it's a birthday party or a celebration or some sort of gathering. It's a little party. Everyone's having a good time. And yeah, it's a business partners. Uh, the guy that owns that store, her, his son is his birthday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was a birthday. So, you know, they're, they're, she and, and her business partner are privately having a conversation and, and the business partner is still expressing his concerns about Coba. You know, now they all know, of course, that Sean and Coba are in alliance. And she's like, no, like Sean promised us this. Like, we're there's nothing to worry about. We're the sole distributors of, of heroin. Like, everything's fine. Like, it's no big deal. And she sees this little girl off to the side who has like one of those little party horns and like cute little girl, sweet little girl. And Lolly kind of makes a comment about how, like, I guess she as a child didn't have that opportunity to be a child you know she had a gun put in her hands and you know had to learn how to shoot and basically carry on the way that she's carried on and I thought it was a really cute moment when the little girl went up to her and she says come play with me come play with me and Lala's like okay I'm gonna come get you and it, it's almost like you know you want some sort of like redemption for Lala's character and everything that she's experienced growing up to kind of just be free to be a a, a child if if you will but she goes and chase this little girl away from the party and for me that was like oh this is not gonna end well like this is this is not gonna end well i kind of got like a scarlet and uh, not scarlet a uh, black widow kind of vibe out of this it's like oh they're recruiting these kids young like <laughs> i mean did you expect that little girl to like lure lale away and then be like they found you no i i, I didn't i mean because they don't even know at the time Lolly was alive. So I don't even, I think, well, maybe, maybe, maybe they saw her at the shootout two episodes earlier, but like at this point she has been, she had been missing. I mean, they hadn't seen her. You know, she, yeah, was, under, think... she was under investigation with Sean mm -hmm. in the cell. So um, I didn't think they were, they would have the ability to even capture her. Cause Lolly is 
Lolly's a, a he's, she's an assassin. Like to catch her and get the killer for the most part. And to I guess to use a child is probably the only way that you can even like corral her because everything she does for her country um is is for the future of, of her country, the children. And I think she said that like I'm yeah. doing this for the future uh, of of, yeah. of of the next generation. So um and you kind of saw that she's season one, how close she is to her nieces and her sister. Mm-hmm. Um so they so they knew they knew how to get to her. Um, it's just, yeah, that that surprised me. I thought they were going to ambush her and, like, you know, have a, have yeah. a shootout or whatever and catch her that way. So that way mm-hmm. was, was shocking. Well, I mean, it's, I think it's safe to say that, you know, because Koba obviously knew about Lale having now formed an alliance with Sean. That's why mm. Asif's people were able to, you know, get their hands on her and then take her away but we'll we'll come back to that but that to me was just like oh man like why why are you pulling like a like a black widow kind of it, it literally made me think of of uh, avengers when bruce banner is in in india or whatever and the little girl comes begging for his help and lures him away and then she like deuces you know, like peace out y'all mm-hmm. <laughs> she, i don't know it was kind of funny uh, so Lale is now in the hands of Asif. Of course, at this time, we don't know it's Asif's people, but we're just giving y'all the heads up. It's Asif's people. But Marion, Sean's mother, has a warning for Sean about Koba. I mean, I, I we talked about this in the last episode about this alliance. You know, would Sean try to overthrow Koba or would Koba try to overthrow Sean? And I think the latter... <laughs> is is the safe way to go obviously because when koba tells sean hey like asif agreed to terms but like there's some additions to it and that's lale and sean's like no 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 that's i'm not gonna agree to that it's like well too bad asif already did and i'm like oh yeah sean this was a mistake wasn't it (laughs) like yeah it's i think for me let's let's go back a little bit so mm -hmm. Koba, when Koba found out, when Luan exposed Moran's location yeah. and Koba went to go kill Marianne and everybody at that compound, mm-hmm. Sean knew about that because Sean warned, Sean's the one that warned his, his own mother. If he, right. I don't know, maybe I'm, just, maybe I'm just an old school G. If you try to kill my mama, we're not, oh, yeah. we're not, we're not shaking hands and being friends. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a wrap. Like, it's war. Mm-hmm. I'm not shaking hands with the guy that tried to murder my mama. Mm-hmm. And um, and that that showed me that Sean was more about power than his own family. Because you know, throughout it's kind of like the Cersei thing in Game of Thrones. Cersei loves her children, and Cersei might be this, might be that, but she loves her children. But but we yeah. find out later on in the series that Cersei loves power more. And I think for Sean, this whole Wallace family tradition of like we're Wallaces and we're together and we we do what Wallaces do. That's just an ongoing fake narrative that's 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 crumbling by the season by the episode you see now by him by him uh, shaking hands with cobra and i know, I know he didn't want to agree with, with the whole lolly thing but you shook hands with cobra like you yeah. came to the table and agreed to terms after yeah. to try to kid your mama um so it's like it's just this narrative that, that's just crumbling by the by the episode with, with sean and to be honest when he shook hands with that dude i, I lost respect for him mm-hmm yeah and it's not just sean that the wallace family is like crumbling <laughs> because later on we'll we'll talk about marion um a little bit more but man wallaces don't give a fuck about one another let's just let's just put it that way right let's just put it that way they don't 
they don't. And like and you saw with Finn, Finn was about to leave his family yeah. for a, a woman, a woman half his age, and and and, and his little side kid. So mm-hmm. the the Wallaces are they're deadly. They're all about power. It, it's yeah. like I mean, I know we family and everything, but power and money and influence and resources matter more. And that's what we're starting to see now. I think that power, I think the sister's power, only Wallace has, that, that's not like that, and she took us up away from all of that. Yeah, yeah, power is power, like that. You know, little finger because you mentioned Game of Thrones. He talked about how knowledge is power, and Cersei's like power is power, <laughs> and that's one hundred percent the Wallace way. Facts. But, but with you know Koba having this conversation with Sean about like, hey, don't let don't let this be about your fucking dick, you know. And Sean like loses his mind and says, "This isn't about my fucking dick." And he talks about having the Kurds on the Wallace side, having promised things to Lale and her people and things like that. But Koba, you know, is going to challenge that. Now, whether that's because Koba has like his personal feelings towards Lale and her people because, you know, he was working them so hard and like taking all their profit or, or because the fact that he's, you know, Koba's supposed to be like this person who doesn't really report to any one person, but it's like he's still reporting to Asif. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though he's made this alliance with Sean, he still is reporting Asif. Like, he's still, quote unquote, loyal to Asif. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Koba's all about Koba. I mean, it's it's not, at the end of the day, it's all about what he can get out of it. And and if the investors are a threat, he's going to try and and a good deal comes away. He's going to not let that threat. And same with Asif. I mean, yeah, he's cool with Asif right now. And, you know, any deal that Koba makes is going to be the benefit of Koba. And mm-hmm. not anybody else. And the deal that he made with Asif, because he knows Asif has all the trade routes, has the infrastructure. So I believe Koba would trade his own mama for that. <laughs> like, that's just that's how Koba is. Like Koba's all about Koba. And Sean, um, he portrays to be about you know family and loyalty and all of that. But if Sean really felt that way, he would have he would have just said fuck that. Let's just kill Asif and just take his infrastructure. Um, yeah. I mean, he Sean killed a federal agent <laughs> like. That's like like Sean's not above killing anybody, you know what I'm saying? So, no. um, yeah. So I, I that's that's just how who Koba is. He, he's gonna do what's best for Koba and, and his interest. Yeah. Well, speaking of interests, when we turn to Lale's situation, you know, she's hanging upside down from the ceiling. She's in like this very uh, decorated type of room. Again, not sure if it's a flat or if it's a hotel or what the location is, but she's. You know, girl is about to be tortured, right? Beyond belief. And you kind of can look around the room and you see that this room is very similar to the opening sequence of the dog licking up the blood. And it's like, oh my God, like this is, it's her blood that the dog is licking up. And so it's like, okay, is the dog from the future? Is it from like that same moment that we're now seeing Lolly? And you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, oh my gosh, okay, so now pieces are falling you know, in, in place. And you see that it's Asif who walks in and he's going to, you know, torture her physically, but he's also going to just torture time, if you will. And and he sits down, he, he wants to take a drink and he asks Lali, like, if she knew why Sean wanted to kill his son, uh, Nasir from the previous season. And I like what Lale had, had said to him because they have beef, right? Frank, I mean, they, they, she's got beef with Asif because of what happened to her husband. Absolutely. And so refresh our, our memories about that. 
Yeah, so um, episode four, you see a flashback of um, the Kurds fighting um, fighting in a war against Assa's people. And um, and again, similar to this episode, you'll see later on, Lottie's fighting her way through the barricade, killing often dudes left and right. So she gets to this little warehouse compound, her and her, um, her, and her, her, her right-hand man, and she sees her husband pretty much barbecued on top of this, this little grill platform and like she's trying to like take him off but like she gets burned and he's like his skin is falling off off the bone to this point and it was due to Asif. Asif had pretty much killed killed her people and and, and killed and killed her husband so um she lived she never forgot that but what happens was Finn brought all these gangs to the table and forced them to put aside any differences they may, they may have had in the past including Lale and Asif so even though they were at the table and making deals with each other, Lottie never forgot what Asif did to her, to her husband, to her people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they've got beef, obviously. She's got beef with Asif long before Nasir's death. And now, you know, Asif wants revenge, if you will. He he wants some sort of explanation about how, why Sean did what he did, like why he went after his son and what have you. And, you know, threatens Lale and she basically says to him, like, I'm not afraid of death. And I think that's something that it, for her, because I think people can just say that just to say it. But I think for her, in her mind, maybe she died a long time ago when she saw the state of her husband and everything surrounding that situation and just how much hate she had for Asif. So like to be in the room with Asif, who she knows he's going to attempt to kill her or torture her or what have you. Mm-hmm. She's like, bring it on, bitch. Like, let's let's go. Like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of death. Like, and, and he says, you know, you, you may not say anything. He goes, but also there's no one here to grieve for you. And I'm like, oh, that one kind of hurt. Like, yeah, I think I also say you have nobody, you have nobody to live for. I'm like, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's some that's some true shit right there. And, and, yeah. and it's facts. She has nobody to live for. I mean, I saw with people that she's trying to like help find weapons to and defend themselves. She has no, I mean, Sean's like a, I don't know if Sean's a love interest per se, but like they, I think Sean's kind of a placeholder for her because she lost so much, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but when he, as I've said that, that shit hit different. It hits it, different when it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So saying that there's no one for you to to live for and there's no one to grieve for you. And I was just like, my god (laughs) Mm -hmm. like you want to strike strike them where it hurts like damn also let me reiterate this entire time that she's having this conversation with asif she's hanging upside down from the ceiling the fact that this actress here i don't know her name i'm not even gonna try to pronounce it the fact that she actually did this and you know they i'm sure they had to take so many breaks in between like kudos to these actors who like commit to the situation of their characters because like you know in real life hanging upside down for any period of time you're gonna pass out all that blood rushing to your head like you're gonna pass out you're probably gonna die so how they kept her alive throughout this whole thing is like magic to me <laughs> but yeah. damn it's crazy her name is her name is Narjis Lashidi um and sure. I follow her after that scene I follow her on Instagram and like I, I saw on her Instagram she she had she has a little interview about that about that episode mm-hmm. and she learned kickboxing she learned taekwondo she did Oof. all of her stunts 
there's, there's no stunt double in this in this in this episode. Wow. episode. She was so enthralled in this episode, and like she, she sprained her wrist. She had like injuries from the, from the training, but she wanted it to be as authentic as possible. And when you watch it, man, it's 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 stressful. It paid off. It's a very yeah. For sure. It's it's 100 stressful. I mean, we'll we'll get more into that towards the end of this this review. But like the commitment, I, I like I have to give it to these actors, you know, in in general who want to go the extra mile to perform their stunts to make it, like you say, as authentic as possible. And damn, damn, did it pay off? My God. But let's shift perspectives to that of Sh- Shannon and Ed. I was about to say Shed. Um, but Shannon and Ed Dumani, uh, we, we saw that in the previous episode, uh, Elliot left his dad at the airport to go find Ed, who was being tortured by Koba's people to deliver him back to Shannon, right? He was in really bad shape and he's still in bad shape, but he, Ed is telling Shannon, Hey, we need to leave London. It's not safe. And she's like, we're not going anywhere. And in the midst of all this, Marion left compound to, to go meet with the Dumanis. And I was like, Oh wow. Like this is the first time that Marion and Ed see each other face to face after the attempted murder. Right. Yep. I mean, it, it was an interesting conversation, but like, did you think like there was going to be any like showdown at, at that point when, when they locked eyes? I don't think so. Only because, by that point, both characters have been through so much, right? Like yeah. Ed is done. Like Ed lost his son. Ed Ed's daughter went to prison. He couldn't help her. Ed almost lost his life. You know, try to try to help Luan. Ed's been tortured. Like I think at this point, Ed's looking for a retirement fund. And and the same with Marianne. Like Marianne at the point at that point, Marianne is you know she's she's hiding on the cover. Her life is 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 being sought after by by Koba. She gets her whole compact is shot up. She's mm-hmm. literally hiding. You know, she's like making amends with the woman that her husband impregnated and was about to run off with. So I think both characters are at a point where it's like we've been through so much, and if, if we can both help each other in some sort of fashion to get out of this, right? Um, then we'll be better for it. So I think, and this show does a great job of like showing. That person of vendettas doesn't help you in the long run. Oh, like God, you would no. die with personal vendettas. Yeah. And it's like you're trying to just to get get to another day alive. And if if I if I gotta be the enemy, the friend of my enemy of my enemy, mm-hmm. then I, I'm gonna do that. But I gotta do what I gotta do to get to get myself out of here, my family safe. So nah, yeah. I didn't I didn't expect any type of like personal vendettas at that point. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to think because I was just like, oh, my God, they're meeting for the first time. Granted, Shannon's there. Danny, uh, her son is there. So it's like, okay, that would look really bad if Marion, who's like grandma to Danny, would kill his actual grandfather. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like that would look bad. But the exchange between Ed and Marion was interesting because he he says to Marion, you know, Shannon told me everything that you did and we don't want your help. And... Marion's response is, but I need yours. And this is where I say like the Wallaces are about themselves. Like they're not about family. They can, they can hide behind that, you know, veil to say that they, they are, but they're really not because when Marion says that she wants to stop Sean and Coba from running London, I mean, there's only one, there's only one way to interpret that. And that means kill them. 
She's mm-hmm. saying we have to kill my son and Koba in order to stop them from running London. And Frank, the idea that <clears throat> she's proposing she and Ed Dumani, the Wallace and Dumanis, you know, they built everything up from the ground up. Sean and Cobra are threatening that. But she says to Ed, we, Wallace and Dumani, need to be on top. Not Sean and Cobra. London belongs to us. And I'm like, what the actual fuck is happening? Like, yeah. what were your thoughts on that whole exchange? I, I was kind of surprised when she said that, only because you're a mother at the end of the day. Yes. And that is your son. And y'all might not agree on things. Y'all might not see eye to eye a lot of times. But I, I, I can't wrap my head around her trying to kill her son. Yes. Um, now, what I, now what I can see is her trying to wrap, trying to kill Koba and like leave Sean with no options of like who to align with outside of just her. But I, I just can't see it. Like I, I, I hear, her, but I, I just I don't I don't believe her. You know. So <clears throat> and with Ed, I don't see Ed coming back. I think Ed. I think Ed probably wants his. I think his main focus now is to keep Shannon and Danny safe. Um, and it's funny because with Marion, Marion always seems to ask for help after that said person goes through trauma with Cobra. When mm-hmm. she asked Luan, when Luan, when Sean and Marion asked Luan for help, yep. Luan was like, "Nah, man, they may kill my dog. He kidnapped my wife. He." Started my kids, he buried my wife alive. No, that motherfucker's crazy. Yeah. And now Ed, who just went through torture for how many days we don't know, mm-hmm. and he's like, nah, fuck that. This motherfucker's mm-hmm. crazy. And like nobody knows Kobe's crazy until you actually experience the Kobe experience. Right. So but I don't know, Brittany. I just I don't I don't see her killing her son. I, I can't I can't fathom that. It especially one that she already believed was dead for a year. Mm-hmm. And was shocked when she got the phone call from him warning her about leaving the compound because Koba was coming. Like, it, it, it's such a stretch. But then at the same time, she she did witness her son killing another mother in, in front of their very eyes. Yeah. And I think the- she's seeing the monster that he is to he'll go to whatever lengths necessary in order to get what he wants. And that's power. You know, he might not, I mean, he's Finn's son, but it's like, he's Finn to the 10th, right? A completely different level of, of chaos and loose cannon. We, that's how we've described uh, Sean here on the show. But I think she's slowly realizing that with Koba in his corner, Things are just going to go from bad to worse very quickly, and they need to be stopped. You know, if Sean's made his decision, and it, it seems that Marion has made hers. I mean, it, it's only for me because I, I don't know how far ahead you are in the season. Um, but for me, it's like I, I see where one can struggle with the idea that as a mother, as a parent, you know, you, you can't like go and kill your kid, but then at the same time, this kid's also kind of crazy. So I think, I think to Mary even proposing that idea really strengthens 
Marion's daughter um, mindset why she doesn't she's she's not fuck with her family. Like mm-hmm. I think that's one of the main reasons. Like they're so treacherous. Not yeah. only they're dangerous, but they'll do anything for power. Yeah, I think it turned her off, and like that's why she exiled herself from her mother, father, and her, and her siblings. Um, mm-hmm. I know she's trying to save you know Billy, but for the most part, she don't fuck with her family, and I think that's why she knows what they're capable of. And speaking of Billy, you know, he also tries to be the voice of reason when it comes to Sean, because after Sean learns about Lale being taken asif, Koba warns him like, hey, no retaliation whatsoever. You need to think about things and and not think with your dick, basically. But Sean, again, loose cannon. He's thinking about Lale and he's thinking about like how he can get her back. And and he's having this conversation with Billy. And, and truthfully, Billy, you know, when he's not high he's actually a pretty sound character like he's he makes sense and he thinks things through and and like uh their sister Jacqueline who escaped the Wallace way of life you know he he was he was there with her he was living life he was painting he was you know just living his best life and then he got sucked back into it right so you know for Billy to kind of try to reason with his his baby brother and say don't do this and sean's like fuck it i'm gonna do whatever i want it's like okay you know billy you tried you know you've tried to do the right thing you've tried i mean he he did right by his half sister he you know took her to to the church to abandon her and that way she can hopefully grow up better than all of them right so you know i I feel for billy i'm very curious to see what kind of storyline is going to develop for billy because it's like you have to kind of give him you have to throw him a bone too like you know, the him coming back can't just be as like the side character of voicing a voice of reason, right? He's got to have some sort of like moment or something bad's going to happen to him or he's going to have a triumphant moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Very curious about Billy. Yeah, I think Billy's story is going to be all about redemption. Um, I really feel bad for Billy when you see that, when you see that flashback in season one of like, Billy and shot his kids and Finn's taking him out to the woods. And you see the the guy buried into the ground with his only his head showing. And yeah. And and Sean, his dad gives Finn gives Sean the gun and Sean mm-hmm. couldn't do it, but Billy did. Yeah. I think from that moment on, Brittany, uh, Billy was fucked up. And oh. he had not been the same. The 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 the, the drug the drug enhanced days that he goes through, the the the, the um promiscuous ways with men. I think yeah. it all goes back to that day of like being no matter what 13 maybe 12 and shooting that man in the head just he was never the same and Absolutely. it's childhood trauma and this yeah. is childhood trauma times 10 like you, you killed a man you know what i'm saying and like yeah your father and your mother are there to like praise you on you know so yeah. um i think billy is on a road road to redemption i think he's gonna be one of the characters that actually survives the end of the end of this um, I think he's going to experience a lot of loss along the way, mm-hmm. um, because that's that's just the that's just the consequence of being a Wallace. But <laughs> I think he's gonna he's gonna make us proud, I believe. And this is me not knowing anything. I, I haven't. Yeah, nothing's been shown yet. But yeah, yeah. I mean, one can hope. But then I kind of look at this show. We we've mentioned how this is kind of like a modern day Game of Thrones. It's like you don't have a favorite character in Game of Thrones. It's like I uh, kind of can't expect a happy ending for. <laughs> any one of these characters so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of i you know i could go either way for billy but um absolutely agree with what you said about the childhood trauma being the oldest and 
the father passing on the oldest to the youngest son to kind of carry the ways of, of Wallace. And when he sees that his baby brother couldn't make the kill and he goes ahead and does it, it's like, you know, he's still being the older brother. He's still protecting his little brother and still being overlooked by, by the father. Yeah. That, that would fuck anyone up like thousand percent, thousand percent. And then, you know, I think, I think also in Billy's mind, he failed again when Sean died initially in the first season, mm-hmm. he's like, man, had I took that shot, had I, took that shot and like took the reins, my brother would never been in a position to even get presumably killed the first time around. So right. I think he just cares a lot of guilt um, yeah. and a, a sense of failure from, from, from that point on. So I think now that Sean's alive, this is his second lease on a do over, like a second chance, like, okay, I'm going to do right by my brother. I'm going to, he, I'm, I'm going to not be high and just sit in the corner and listen to music. I'm going to like give my brother as much advice as possible to make sure yeah. that, I don't lose him again for the second time. I agree. I absolutely agree. So we only can hope uh, all things go well for Billy, but I'm not expecting things to go well at all for Billy. <laughs> but going back to Lale, uh, she uh, she's still hanging upside down from the ceiling. She's now kind of trying to swing her way to the table because there were some men there that kind of were preparing the floor, you know, with the plastic and then like weapons to torture her with. And so she's like trying to figure out a way, okay, how can I free myself using these weapons over here on the table? So she like swing like a pendulum, you know, just swinging back and forth to try to get to them. It's not working out in her favor and cut scene to Elliot. I still want to know how the fuck... Elliot is able to find these people like Shannon and, and Ed and them. I mean, I know he, he found them to deliver Ed, but I guess they're staying in the same spot. I don't know. Probably not wise Dumanis to do that, but Frank, we got to talk about this amazing acting from, so uh, pronounce his name for me. So, so, uh, so, so I, I gotta, I gotta see it spelled out for me. To, it's like uh, S O P E, but I think it's got an accent. Um, but anyway, uh, the the actor who plays Elliot has a wonderful performance. So oh, so Yeah, yeah, wonderful performance in this hotel room with Shannon, blaming her for dragging him in when he was almost out. She saved his dad, or her dad. Sorry, he saved her dad, but he lost his dad in the midst of it. I mean, you, you've had to have felt some type of way seeing Elliot that emotional because we don't get that from Elliot. Yeah, I had to pause and go and walk my dog because I, I was, I was going to cry. <laughs> oh, my. Because it's just, because, like, this guy's been through so much, right? Like, we, we talk about, like, the John Wick aspect of it, like, the fights yeah. that he's been through. But, like, unlike John Wick, you see this wing on him. Like, he's mentally and physically just tired of fighting he wants to get out of here and like go somewhere tropical and just get away from this life and when he's when he he feels like he's so close after doing everything that that the investor told him to do killing innocent people killing this person killing that person you know and and how he's just i think shannon said in one episode is like you're not sleeping like he's not like he's not it's two Mm -hmm. points he's not even sleeping at this point yeah and to feel like you're so close only to get your father your father murdered um and and to be back into this again, it's he's just tired. I think that's the human element of like just fighting for so long. At a while, you just crash. You had a breaking point to where 
you just doubt everything. Like, I, what more can I do? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. They're taking everything away from me. I have nothing to live for. And, mm-hmm. and it's just the act of crying, man. It, 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 it's always rough for me to see grown men cry because I think, especially with black men, like we're taught to be, you know, providers and protectors and tough and, you know, never show emotion. Much. Yeah. never show emotion. You don't show vulnerability. You don't show too much because you're a bitch. And, and, if, you know, mental therapy is not, it's not the way to go. Mm-hmm. So to see him just break down a friend is a black woman that he, he does, he does care about. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was so synonymous of like um, mental health of black men and being able to show your vulnerability. I, I love that scene. It was so, so well done, man, because you, you watch so many action movies, right? And like you see Steven Seagal and Bruce Lee and like Jack Chan do all these fights, but you never see them emotionally just breaking down. Like, fuck, I don't want to fight anymore. I just want to be in peace. And that's what I got from him in that scene. It was very, I think the word I'm looking for is very visceral because, you know, he he's so wound up in everything that he's been doing. He's been killing people that he doesn't want to do. You know, he's having to work for multiple people that he doesn't want to have to work for. All he wanted to do was save his dad. And, and it makes sense to throw blame on somebody else when a bad thing happens because we as human beings are just like that we're quick to to blame other people not saying that this was entirely his own fault in a, in a way because he was doing what he felt and thought he needed to do in order to protect his father and to get them both out of there but to see him in that moment breaking down really processing everything that happened if it's the day before or two days before whatever the case may be you know to see him just lose it and to break down was so incredibly difficult to watch. And I, I mean, I don't know where Sope like got the feelings, like just to be able to convey that whole message to the audience. Like he was hurting, he was breaking down, like he was done, like he's lost brilliant acting on his part. And then even for uh, the actress who plays Shannon to kind of, try to be there and be comforting, but like he, he kind of pushes her off and, and and she's like, okay, okay. Like that's a very real moment. That's a very real moment when, when someone's hurting and you want to be a comfort, but they don't, they, they don't want to be comforted. Right. They want to feel whatever they want to feel. And man, like I, I need to see more of that. Like the real people, emotional aspect of things because like this is this is a really hardcore show in the sense of like there's a lot of action it's it's bloody what have you but then at the same time these people are are human beings they have feelings they go through struggles they they just like with ed dumani when he finally came to terms with seeing alex Mm -hmm. on the slab you know and and breaking down like you know this episode the season's hitting with making you feel all the things like let's just let's just be real about that I think, I think what I love about this show is that also too is that unlike a lot of like mob shows and gang movies and gang shows, mm-hmm. this show really portrays the human element of just being worn down of like being in this life. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons why I love Sopranos so much. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you see yeah, you see all the mob hits and the in 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 the in the takeovers, but like you know, Tony Sopranos tired by season five, season six, you see like He's talked to a therapist throughout the, the, the series, but towards the end, he's just 
the finality of it. Like, I just, I don't care what happens to me at this point. If I die, yeah. cool. If I took over this, this New Jersey, better, but I don't care anymore. Yeah. And I think with the show, most notably with the two black characters, Ed, Damani, and and um and Elliot, they're just tired. They, they, they don't know where, yeah. else, where else to go. And family for both those characters means so much. And mm-hmm. they and what they're doing, even though Elliot is, is more on the side of light and Ed is more on the side of the gang life dark, they both do it for the family. So where the next generation doesn't have to do what they did. And you see what all the characters in the show, from Lolly um, to Lolly as well, and um, and, and Asif. Like Asif, you know, Asif was the way he was doing it was kind of questionable, but he was propping up his son's his son's campaign because he wanted his son to not to be, be there in, in his life. He wanted his son yeah. that to want more, to be better yeah. than him. And I think that's that's the the parent that's, that's the the family aspect of the of this show of that they don't want you to they don't want their the next generation to live how they lived, um, and and again with with, with Soapy. Um, there's been James Bond rumors as well with him uh, <gasps> last couple months. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. And he, he, he talks about it in the interview as well. So, um, I, I'll see that link after the show, but oh, I mean, man. he's, he's 32 years old. So he's, he's, he's very young. I'm um, sorry. What? He's 32. He's 32. Yeah. He's a year younger than me. You're younger than you. Yeah. Fuck this guy. We, no, haven't, come, we haven't come as much, right? <laughs> Cause this guy's 32 no. and he's, he's on, he's on a award, award show, award acclaimed show and yeah yeah man yeah, he's so unaccomplished in life yeah guys are guys a nigerian legend already he's wonderful he's he's wonderful like wonderful casting with with elliot carter as a with this guy but you know you're talking about family right we you know we think that the wallaces are all about family no they're not uh but when elliot you know, he's led to believe that it was the investors who killed his father. And Shannon, you know, reveals about how the investors are being killed off, you know, simultaneously. And and Elliot's like, well, how? Like, how is that possible? And she's like, well, Sean. Sean has, like, information and was able to, you know, pick them off one by one. And then he, Elliot, realizes the truth. It wasn't the investors who killed his father. It was Sean. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to go kill Sean right now. And Shannon's like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to need you to take a like a step back, but then she reveals too. She wants Sean and Koba dead as well. So it's like, oh yeah. So we're not all about family. Like we're about, we're about marking each other like just left and right. Like no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah, this this is Danny's uncle, uh, pretty much, right? Like I know. Danny knows him as Uncle Sean and Uncle Billy and mm-hmm. you know Auntie Jacqueline. Like this is like family being ripped apart by the seams, all because of power. I mean. I don't know who really started it other than of course Finn, you know, Finn, you know, doing what he was doing, taking the money and running off and and hurting the Dumanis at the same time. It's it's like a never-ending cycle with them, right? They're never going to be rid of one another. They're always going to need one another. Um there's always going to be drama with one another. It's it's just wild. It's such a wild family quote-unquote dynamic because I don't know any other family, even my own, that's this toxic. <laughs> this dramatic <laughs> i don't know the bones and the lances are pretty toxic i don't know i don't know oh well yeah <laughs> that's true that's that's extremely true especially with the boltons good god ramsey fuck that guy miss him though uh let's go back to <laughs> let's go back to lale um yeah. because this was a very lale centric episode frank i know you said that she's your second favorite uh character on the show so let's let's talk through this whole sequence 
with her as if being tortured or is she tortured? <laughs> yeah. So, so in one of the previous scenes, you see her trying to, you know, swing herself to the, to the glass, to the, to the glass uh, that has the whiskey in it. So mm -hmm. um, as if, so she's still talking shit about Asif about about her son, I mean about his son, and how um, you know it, it, she took pleasure slitting ear to ear and all of this. And Asif just flips right. She's laughing about it, like talking yeah, about she's, like she's these totally characters. About it. These characters like to taunt one another. It's crazy. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, and she pretty much, she pretty much said that you know uh, he had a he had a cowardly death. He begged for his life and all that kind of stuff. So Asif goes into I guess strangle her to death, I guess. And that's when that's when she takes the the, the shard glass and stabs him right in the neck. Um I don't know how that man was able to fight with, with a, a piece of shard glass in his neck. You would thought it would hit a, a artery or something. The jugular. Uh, yeah, like so like he falls to the ground and 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 Lolly Lolly uses the shard glass to, like uh, untie untie herself from the from the rope. Um I think Acid trips her up. He chokes Acid some more Asif gets to the to the call button to like alert the henchman that you know he needs help. Yeah. So she runs out of there. So at that point, I thought Asif was dead. Cause I'm thinking to myself, in a way, he survived that. He's mm -hmm. probably bleeding out right now. Mm -hmm. So now it's this long sequence of her trying to figure out a way to get out of this compound. I don't know if it's a hotel or a hideaway or something, but um a guy comes at her, two guys come at her with guns, she runs away, she runs to another a balcony window. And I'm thinking she's gonna go out the window, but she uses her her brain and takes off her jacket to make it seem like she actually went out the window. Mm -hmm. um, leaves that part, runs in the, down the hallway again. They go to they go to that window and they, they think that she got away through the window. Right. And after that, it's a blur. Like it's like she's going through the hallway. And two more guys come shooting at her. She fights them off. Um, well, she, she goes into the kitchen. Oh, the what, kitchen. Seems, okay. Just, yeah. So so one of the guys that kind of stayed behind. Um, in the room where they think that she, you know, jumped off the balcony, he, he's, you know, searching whatever. And she kind of goes into this kitchen area to hide. And I wrote a note in here. It's like, Lale, learn to breathe quietly. My goodness. She's gasped. Think about it. Like from the time she uncut herself and ran down the hallway and she's, she's gasped. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. But still, like, if you're going to try to hide from like these henchmen, like I need you to breathe quietly anyway but that probably was part of her plan because dude walks in and she starts playing like this helpless victim sort of sort of persona she's showing her bloodied hands because you know she she cut herself with the glass and all that and she's like please help me please help me and he's kind of like approaching her like calmly like okay like you know i'm gonna help and she's just like you know decks him right in in the throat she grabs the saran wrap and like wraps his head around it and I mean, she she went from helpless victim to like lethal in like 0.2 seconds. Like, damn, with the saran wrap. It, it was crazy. And I thought with the dude like kicking at, I don't know what liquid it was. It was like a, a jug that mm -hmm. he was kicking. I was like, okay, is he doing that? Like, as he's dying to hopefully, like if she steps into it, it's going to lead tracks and people are going to like be able to find her. I probably thought way too much into it. But yes, uh, she, <laughs> she kills the dude. She, she flees down the stairs people are still looking for her and they go into the bathroom the bathroom is where all the shit happens mm -hmm. please continue <laughs> yeah so so she goes she goes in the bathroom and like she, man, she's bloodied up and like it's just like a little a little shower thing and like mm -hmm. two guys pursue her 
Um, she was she she was able to choke one guy out. That fighting, whatever. It's like this little look a little platform in the, in the shower. The yeah. guy falls on his back. She takes like this shower rope, like like to one of those detachable showers, and she okay. wraps it around his neck. Yeah, and pretty much like and he's on this platform. His neck is like parallel to like his head's parallel to the platform, and yeah. he's just choking him. He, she's choking him out. Literally, <laughs> I thought his, I thought his head was gonna snap and like just right. Hit the corner of the, of the platform, mm-hmm. um, but like she's like bearing down with with all, all of her strength, and to a point where like he just he just, he just gives out. Yeah. Um, did, did, did we talk about the plastic with the, with the saran wrap? Was that was that later on? No, no, that was before. That was before because then she cuts the breaker, and okay. now everyone's running in the dark. They've got flashlights. Flashlights are important in this next top topic mm-hmm. because at, in the bathroom again, lights are off. You know, they're, they're searching for her. They've got flashlights and she's like, you know, fighting them off with, you know, they've got the flashlights. So you're seeing like kind of bits and pieces of like the actual fighting sequence. But um, she ends up killing a dude mm-hmm. with the flashlight, smashing it into his head repeatedly. So you see the light, you know, it's white or cool light or whatever. You see it go from white and then she smashes it into the head and she brings it back up. And now it's red. The light is now red. <laughs> and Crazy. she's over and over and over again it's like wow this bitch with the flashlight incredible she took out another dude like you said with with the shower hose and you know you think you think it's all over you think it's all over she's gonna make the great escape she's walking out and then she encounters asif (laughs) (laughs) how the fuck is this dude still alive dude's like the terminator man he he doesn't give up he does not give up no um but he's got that fire poker that we saw him with earlier, right? Yeah. Like, so like, yeah. So oh. they're doing this. They're doing this little dance in the hallway. They're fighting, or whatever. She, uh, she chokes him and like, um, and like, I think she like, knocks him. What presumably knocks him out. She tries to get away. Acid wake gets back up with the with the fire poker and like swings it right on the on, on the platform of a foot. Um, oh. and puts puts a hold on it. She falls back down, and he gets on top of her and um. So the gash and acid next from the from the shard glass, Lottie puts her thumb in it, and like <laughs> pretty much like just gouges a, a, a deeper hole in, in, into that uh, into that cut, yeah. to where he's he's literally bleeding out. Like I'm not sure how he's even alive at this point. And um, she he falls back down. Um, she was able to get she was able to get to the uh, I think the elevator shaft or whatever to, mm-hmm. to get to get out to the front door, and. I mean, you she got stabbed she was, on the foot. She got stabbed in the chest. Like, yeah, yeah. So she's limping. Yeah, got stabbed in the chest too. Yeah. So she's, she's limping at this point, and oh. she's out to the she's out in the street from the house. She's walking away. She's limping away. It's raining profusely, mm-hmm. and um, and right when she got away, the the headlights of a car comes on, and I'm thinking to myself, "Fuck, <laughs> this Cobra!" Like, who? Like, cause I thought I thought it was Cobra. I was like, "Yeah, Cobra outside the whole time, yeah. waiting for the job to get done." Mm-hmm. So she's she, so she's trying to crawl away. Um, she falls down. The car comes up, and lo and behold, Sean gets out of the car. So I'm white, thinking myself, white boy in a silver yeah. horse, <laughs> right? Like like her knight in shining white armor comes out. <laughs> um, she they hug, whatever. Sean and what weirded me out here, Sean didn't say a word. Mm-mm. Sean wasn't happy. Sean didn't kiss her. Sean didn't like say, "I got you. I'm, I'm gonna protect you." Like I it's okay. Everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. Say it again. 
it's like he he didn't comfort her to say like it's okay everything's gonna yeah. be fine she's telling him you you came for me you you came for me or you you uh, came back for me that's what it was yeah yeah um because she did that for him when when he was you know knocking on death's door right mm-hmm. um yeah. feeling was not reciprocated <laughs> not not at all not at all not not a word was said and at that point that's when i knew mm-hmm. he's gonna take her back to the house um because like normally when you save somebody or like you you find some you find somebody that and you try to bring them back in you're you're, you're emotional you're saying something yeah and shine to say shit and then you know so he proceeds to put her in the back seat mm-hmm. and uh shine goes, goes in the front seat it's a driver um and from that point it's from life's perspective similar to when Sean was kidnapped. Well, Sean was saved by Lolly, and, and Sean respected. Sean's going in and out of consciousness, lies exactly. in the front seat, and they get by a car. So it was, it was, it was, it was like it was. Those scenes married each other. So lies mm-hmm. in the back seat, she's going in and out of consciousness. Sean's mm-hmm. driving or in the front seat. The car's going, and she falls back out of consciousness. Yep. Car stops. Um, Sean takes her out of the car, and <laughs> you see the a, a similar structure of what she just left from, and mm-hmm. we're behold, it's Asif's compound. And Lottie looks up, she sees Asif walking up with the dog. And she's screaming. Sean puts her down. Asif grabs her by the hair and is literally dragging her back into that room. And she's the blood screams. And that's when Sean finally says something. He says, I'm so sorry. That's when he decides to say something. And and it it was such a great um, scene tie-in from the very beginning, as as we talked about, the dog licking up the blood everywhere on the floor, goes and and waits for the elevator door to open, and you're just like, you don't know who's going to come through the elevator, but you do mm-hmm. see like a figure walking up <clears throat> behind the dog, you know, who's waiting, and and this is the scene that's unfolding. The dog is waiting for Sean to deliver Lale to Asif, who's walking up from behind the dog, and beautifully scripted storytelling. From beginning to end, that that great tie-in, but the look on Lale's face, her screaming, you know, and and watching Sean as she's being pulled away, and then he gets into the elevator, and like there's no emotion, like for the most part, and then you kind of see maybe there's a hint of emotion, or maybe he wants to shed a tear. I'm like, nah, bitch, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> Don't start crying Don't cry. now. Don't cry now, ho. Don't cry now. <laughs> Yeah, every opportunity to save her life, and and you chose power. You chose that alliance between Koba and, and Asif over her life. And I really believe the curves are going to come back for him. I, I I truly believe that once they find out what happened, yeah, he's they, they, they're going to come back for Sean. So Sean has now has the courage to worry about, uh-huh. has Elliot to worry about, Marion to worry about, possibly Ed. We'll see what what goes on with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shannon man, too. Like, I mean, Shannon wants him dead as well. Yeah, Shannon as well. So, yeah. so he's um, making a lot more enemies than he has alliances, and and I definitely don't think that Koba is going to be in his corner for much longer. Absolutely uh, There's there to me, there's no logical way or reason to keep Koba in his corner when when Sean has made so many enemies because Koba's loyal to Koba, like you said, and yeah. and the the fact that Sean gave him the information on the investors. That's all that matters because Koba's life was in question with the investors. Mm-hmm. It's like, either you kill Sean Wallace or we come kill you. Well, Koba says, fuck you. I'm going to kill, you know, whomever I'm going to kill. 
investors, he's probably going to end up wanting to kill or actually killing Sean Wallace. And Coba's going to want to run London. That's my prediction. Right. You know, have no idea what's actually going to unfold. I do hope we see uh, a showdown at some point between Elliot, Coba, and Sean, the three of them, or just one-on-ones. But I need to see Elliot take out Coba and Sean. Like, that would be just poetic, in, in my opinion, you know, to, to end season two uh, whenever we get to that point. So, Yeah, I just... <sighs> This show is so action-packed, and people get killed at a high <laughs> metamorphic rate. I don't know how this show goes beyond three, three seasons, maybe, maybe four. I, I don't know how because I don't know. You're, you're recycling new characters every single time, and it's just mm-hmm. like this. This show is so violent, and it's like the the life expectancy on the show is so short. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe they can pull it off. I don't know, but I see this as a, as a short, maybe. Four season run, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But now I'm, I'm thinking, because we talked briefly about Elliot and his character development, wherever his story may go. I think somehow, uh, I don't know why I said Elliot. I meant to say Billy. My bad. Billy. Billy, you know, we, we might see some sort of development with him, but I think he might get caught in the crossfire. And I think that could be, let's say, a turning point between Sean and Koba. I think Billy could either be severely injured by Koba or killed by Koba. <clears throat> And then that's going to be a turning point for Sean to um, just raise hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I know. Ain't saying, I ain't saying shit. Oh, my God. You're killing me. <laughs> killing me. Shit. I, killing I, I'm, I'm me. an episode ahead and like, I ain't saying shit. <laughs> killing me, Frank. Killing me. I'll leave it at that. Oh, man. Well, if that isn't cliffhanger enough to check out <laughs> now our next episode of for Gangs of London, uh, I don't know what would be, but yes, uh, that will conclude our wrap up for episode six of season two of Gangs of London. Uh, Frank, it's always a pleasure. It's I, I love and hate you for bringing the show into my life because damn, <laughs> I, I didn't want to be the only person stressing. I, I needed somebody to stress uh, with yeah. on this on this series, and and yeah. who better than you? I mean, one oh. thing about you, Brady, is like it's hard to get you on shows, but once you commit. I commit. Bam, you're enthralled. <laughs> it's not. I commit. It's no. <laughs> that's that's why I haven't jumped on Yellowstone just yet. I'm not ready to make that commitment just yet. Um, but listening to y'all's pods about Yellowstone and now 1923 that just dropped this week, um, I'm I'm very I'm very interested for sure. So I will make that commitment one day. It might be five years down the road, like Game of Thrones, but I, I will make I, the commitment. I ain't gonna lie, man. Like the first episode of 1923 is the first time I. I said, you know what? I want my fucking a 70 year old. <laughs> Helen Murray, man. Helen Mirren. She can get it, bro. She she pulls some, oh. some gangster shit in the first episode. I'm like, hmm. her old ass can get it. Bareback. She can get it. My God. Okay, moving on. All right. So uh, that, once again, will conclude Gangs of London wrap up. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully next week, uh, which is the eve to New Year's Eve. Uh, on the 30th so uh we'll be back then to talk about the next episode of gangs of london in the meantime y'all go check out our other pods as i mentioned yellowstone 1923 we also did our best and worst of 2022 so love for y'all to check that out share your thoughts you can also follow the watchers in the basement on facebook twitter and instagram frank as of time of recording we hit 200 subscribers here on youtube yay yay Amazing. So happy, man. Thank y'all so much for coming on this ride. We started this podcast in 
2016, I want to say. 19. It was, it was 19? It was 19. It was the same year that Game of Thrones was about to come back. Oh my god! I thought we did. I thought we did. Okay, all right. We we've talked about it for a long time. That's why it feels that way. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's been a long road, man. We've done. We've we've hit high gear on, on like recording more episodes this year, man. To get you some more content, but yep. thank you so much for your support. You know, let's grow. Let's grow even more. Let's let's, let's do road to the five hundred now. Let's let's get. Oh, it. let's do it. Let's do it. So you can do that and help grow our audience by using hashtag Watchers Basement on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us content that you want us to check out articles memes things of that nature if you haven't already done so already do subscribe to our youtube channel don't forget to like this video as well and lastly you can check out our audio podcasts on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and spotify thanks to anchor.fm don't forget to give us a five-star rating really helps us out and frank we're just days before christmas so i hope you enjoy your time with your family have a very merry christmas Thank you too, Brittany. Y'all stay warm down there, man. Shout out to your mom and dad and and, <laughs> and everybody and everybody there, man. So yeah, y'all be safe, eat good, and enjoy this break. Yeah, for sure. So we will see y'all next week for the next episode of Gangs of London. <laughs>